1: You're wrong I just I just want to point out that I'm not what? gonna be in a very good mood because I have to do tires right after we get done with this. I have to go do tires on a clapped out cruise and I have <laughs> no desire to do tires. <laughs> We're so backed up. I, I I have to do tires and then possibly an oil change on a truck on a four post lift. Oh, and it's sucks. so
0: tall. I'm short, and, and I, I you've got to nope. do the evaluation
1: too. Yes, so. I so I have to do the inspection. So I thought on, get... post... <laughs> on a four post. On a four post.
2: I think we need to get you a UVI system, David. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, no, Look, I'm... David,
1: <laughs> <laughs> this would fix all the problems. it has <laughs> got robots. this uh, has got robots. Or I you need robot. a
2: robot to change the tires instead of you. Yeah, yes. there's something yes. that I actually saw yes. that does that. But yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, well, so um, it's really interesting. I have a Volkswagen on this side of me that needs a head gasket, and I'll, I'll share the pictures and the videos later, but like you can literally, we put a borescope in the cylinder and can see water running down in the cylinder, and Volkswagen completely missed it, right? It's been to Volkswagen twice, and they said, hey, it's got low oil pressure, can you tell us why? Like, the warning light keeps coming on, and they said, you know, it, it needs an oil change, that's all that's causing that, but we don't know where the coolant's going. So now the car comes to my shop, and the oil looks like, I don't know, chocolate milkshake, And the water is like just pouring into the cylinder. When you hit the key, it goes, but like you can literally (laughs) see the water running in with the boroscope, right? And then there's another one. There's an Audi. Did you get the the crazy boroscope with the the thing? I don't know know where it came from. I don't even know whose it is. But so, like, on the other side of the shop is an Audi, And, and they come in and they said, Hey, it had this warning light on, but we went ahead and drove it up here and uh now it says it's got reduced power and Ryan brings the uh combustion gas meter in and he's like what does it mean when it says ol and i said well it means it's over limit what'd you do hold it in the cell he's like no that was- <coughs> and i was like oh that sucks <laughs> so okay. yaron tell us Sorry. about yourself
1: Man, you are that. How did
0: you get here? Well, I <laughs> he said he was changing close. it to Ron just for me. Come on, the, man. yeah. The you, can, you can call me Ron. Was,
1: the accent was on the wrong syllable. It's <laughs> Yaron. Syllable, <laughs> Yaron.
2: No, that that's actually really yaron. good. David. That almost sounds French. Yeah. So um, as my name kind of um, you know uh, tells, I'm I'm not from the states, but I've been living here for over two years. I'm a partner in chief marketing at a company called UVI originally from Israel, uh, which is not a, a great place to be from these days, but uh, that's a different topic. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, crazy stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, actually, I've been uh, quite a few years with, with UVI uh, um, and, you know, an entrepreneurial story of creating scanners for, for cars. Basically, we, we create devices that takes pictures below and around vehicles uh, almost like an MRI for for a car uh and uh, today working with some of the biggest car manufacturers in the world like General Motors like Volvo cars installed uh, in hundreds of car dealerships working with Amazon working with CarMax and uh, basically uh automating inspection or or just uh, creating a really different experience for diagnosing exterior issues with vehicles so that's in a nutshell
0: I, I guess my biggest question is: is I'm always intrigued by how people got where they're at, right? And so, how did you get here? Like, what, did you always love cars? I mean, what led you down this pathway?
2: So, uh, the truth is, like with me, it's a bit different because when I was uh, sixteen or seventeen, and I got my first car, which was my grandfather's uh, Fiat nineteen eighty eight Fiat Duna, which was manufactured in Brazil and had Every kind of issue you could imagine, you know, I once drove it on on, on the highway and I uh, um, ended up with a transmission stick in my hand. And another time I, I pressed the brake and it, it just tore in. And, and you know, so I, I kind of when I was 17, 18, 19, I, I fixed it out of stuff myself. Uh, but then for many years, like really out of the car world more in startups. Uh, The other uh, uh, partners or co-founders of the company actually are completely not from the car world. Uh, And when we started this in 2016, we actually developed a scanner for something very different just to take pictures below cars to look for bombs when they're entering an embassy or a seaport or airport. And through the years, we had a pivot when car manufacturers started coming to us and said, hey, can we use AI and cameras? and diagnose issues you know with vehicles and and one thing linked to it led to another and we're pretty much uh very unique in the world doing what we do today so it's uh, so quite ex- a nice story explain the
1: the product then it's it's uv and then EYE correct
2: yeah UVI U V E Y yeah. E um the name actually started from under vehicle i so U V I under vehicle i Uh, And that's when we started creating these scanners, which were essentially, you know, uh, they were made to replace a guard or someone looking with a mirror below your car. When you enter a sensitive facility, we just thought it's a much smarter way to look for bombs or drugs or anything illicit below a vehicle. And we just said, let's create a slate that you drive over with cameras, takes pictures below and, and using... AI and computer vision, which is analyzing those photos, we can learn how to detect anomalies and reconstruct the different components and the different areas of that underbody of the vehicle. And then uh, after doing that, you know, and pretty much selling to banks in Africa and seaports and airports that even here in the States were installed in a couple of places, uh, pretty soon after we started having uh, OEMs come to us and say, hey, can this scanner, this this, Thing you're putting on the ground can you put it in our plants and and start looking for different screw angles and quality assurance issues when the car is coming off the convoyer belt so then we said okay um, let's use the same methodology and let's look at tires mentioning tires that david talked about earlier whether it's sidewall issues tread issues not only depth but cut you know cuts cuffs bulges any kind of weird patterns reading all the text on the side of the tire and then uh, an exterior kind of arc that you drive through that just takes with 16 cameras just take pictures
1: lucas and i have been telling you about parts tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems and now they've just launched a new referral program all you have to do is open your parts tech account go to my shop and click on the rewards tab There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, PartsTech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using PartsTech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using PartsTech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing.
0: If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started.
2: It's all around the vehicle and reconstructs a 3D model of that car and finds scratches and dents. So we, we're kind of a full solution, even inside. We also have an interior product that just drive through, takes pictures all around the vehicle, and, and keeps getting smarter and smarter in, in detecting issues, whether they are low tread depth or sidewall issues, but also leaks and broken parts and missing parts below. So um, yeah, that's yeah, the evolution.
0: That is that is so cool, because one of the things that we've talked about a lot is is a way to scale what it is that we do. And in a lot of cases, right, our guys and and the shop owners that are listening are going to say, well, I really like the idea of this, but I also like my guy being there. What what, what about this replaces my guy? And it's consistency, right? Because that's some of the things I've, I've noticed in the past couple of weeks where we've had some little misses, right, a little scratch on the side of a car. And in one of the pictures we took, you could see the scratch. The technician just didn't see the scratch. So when he took the picture, you couldn't clearly determine that that was a scratch. And so we ended up paying to fix it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's things like that that I think about that, that this would add a layer of standardization to that would take away some of that requirement that the technician takes that picture perfectly every single time. It's not that we're depending on a human being to be uh, without fault. It's that it's a systemized approach. It can be scaled. And I, I think that's really interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that it's consistency and it's also transparency because we didn't even talk about presenting a visual aid for a customer that naturally thinks someone is ripping him off, whether it's at the dealership or the repair shop, and suddenly a machine is saying something requires attention. So we can take that technician's time, and all of us, you know better than me, there's a big shortage with technicians today in the industry, and focus it on what, what they need to focus their talent on and take that diagnosis and inspection, or at least the triage kind of experience out of it uh, in a consistent manner. Just like you said, it's a machine, it does the job every time the same way. And have that technician focus in time, is there time to quickly go and look at that area of the underbody that requires attention and, and actually diagnose what's going on there? So that's kind of the approach. It never replaces anyone, it just makes their life much quicker and easier and provides a much better and more reliable experience with a customer, I think.
0: Right. You know, and, and I've seen just in this last week, I have a really great client. He's the manager of a country club in the area. And he's been coming to me for years. And and David, you and I have talked about him in the past, and he loves his Audis. And so he has attempted to purchase three Audis from Carvana in the past two weeks. <laughs> and every single one of them, you know, December that works for me is, is from the body shop business. And so she's walking out to the car, and and they delivered one yesterday. He's here, and she walks out, and she's like, um, "Guys, it it's been wrecked." And and given, I would have probably missed this. And and she says, "Well, how would you have missed that?" There's four inches of spray overlapping on the bottom of the windshield it comes up over top of the windshield wipers they didn't even take the wipers off the car they sprayed them with the wipers on the car like the paint looks terrible all of these different aspects and you think about that well you know how is it that they're quality controlling i I see so many places that i think that a a product like that could make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do to the client's car he's got one here right now that the strut's completely broken out of the strut tower right like i'm Uh talking about i can reach in and move it and, and even just driving over top of a camera that's taking a picture, you could easily see that that strut was broken. So I'm thinking, gosh, there's a lot of different ways that that could be utilized. David, are you going to get one for your shop? I guess that's the big question.
1: <laughs> they don't look cheap. They don't <laughs> look cheap <at> all.
2: <laughs> Cut to the chase, huh? Uh, actually, um, you know, both in terms of the business model that we work with, uh, repair shops and collision shops, that's a new use case we have, and, and dealerships, It's based on a monthly subscription fee. So it's pretty digestible. Yeah. So you don't need to pay uh, 200 grand up front or something like sometimes you're used to in the industry for these, you know, big machines. Uh, It's more of a software approach. So it's a monthly fee. It varies between six to seven grand a month. Okay. depends on volume. depends on specs, how many service lane, a few things that we work with you. And then, uh, uh, if if you utilize this right, I mean, this returns itself just on tires alone, which I can get to in a second, but. Within a week, you could probably make that back. I mean, I want to actually give you an incredible uh, shift of conversation because I know tires is a big thing, but I want to give you an incredible stat, which I'm not sure if you knew that we actually pick up. So I mentioned we have an underbody scanner, tire scanners and this exterior arc that you drive through, right? And once we scan and take pictures of the tires, we look for damages on the sidewall, which sometimes are missed like chunks and things in the rubber and, you know, bulges that stick out or whatever. Uh, and the tread one of foreign objects, uh, uneven wear patterns, and 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 just worn out, you know, tires is another thing. But what I find incredible is that we read all the text. Okay, so that's a pretty simple AI capability or camera capability to read text, right? Uh, and what we do is we slice the information and we look at the dot. And I don't know wow. if you guys knew that around. 10 to 15 percent on average, if we look at the whole of the United States, if you look by states, there's even crazier stats. But around 10 to 15 percent of tires are over five years old. So we have dealerships that are seeing 20, 25, 30 percent of tires coming through the door, seven, eight, 11, 12 years old, year old tires. Now, all the OEs say that after four years, the rubber starts going bad. Okay, yep. that's a safety recommendation. And we have got anywhere between 10 to 15% of people you're seeing coming through the door that you never get on your knees and check their DOT that are driving potentially unsafe tires. So that's an immediate thing that we just bring to everybody's attention on a big touchscreen. You know, you drove through Apple store experience, like I like to say, you get out of your car right. and then the advisor approaches you and say, hey, before the technician even does the multi-point inspection or put it so, puts it on a lift, Here's the triage moment. Here are things that we're already seeing, and one of them you've got eight year old tires, so you know that's right. not safe. Obviously, the machine is saying it's not safe or the OEs are saying it's not safe. Why don't we get you a full set you know four four tires in alignment just to start with so right um and I find that incredible I mean before moving here, I never imagined that such a big amount of tires are so old um right. so that's one of the things uh, we've been seeing with a lot of dealers.
1: That that sounds about right. The, the I, tires that come in the door, people leave I've, with I've them too, and they're like, yeah, like, "My tires are believable,"
0: right? Like you can literally see the cord through the cracks in the sidewall, and and you know I'm I'm even sitting here thinking about things like a spare, right? And and the ability to look at an undercar spare, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I obviously know that's that's a kind of offshoot of of what you're talking about, but you know how many times have we had a consumer that that gets out on the road somewhere gets a flat tire. And now that they've got to, to put the spare on, they realize the spare's blown out, the spare's flat, the spare's got issues, the spare's old. And and they put that spare on, and then they go run, and they have another blowout. I mean, in the past year, I've had four customers that put a spare on and then had a spare blowout on them. and oh, wow. We, you know, we document that, that, hey, the spare is this old, and, and it's in our, our tire inspection. <laughs> we put on there how old the spare is, what the spare looks like, what kind of pressure it has, what kind of condition it's in. And that's a way that we try to avoid them having to do that. But nobody ever thinks like, hey, I need a spare tire. Even if you put it on the recommendation, they're not thinking I need a spare. it's all right. It's a spare. I'll use it when I need it. Right. And then you end up in a spot where you have another blowout, potential accident, all kinds of things that that you look at when it comes to that. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think that one of the things we often say in, in the automotive industry is one of the things we lack is standardization. I think something like this brings a ton of standardization to the picture, because mm-hmm. if, if we can get it set up to where it's doing the same thing consistently over and over and over again, giving the same images the same picture, gosh, that adds a lot of standardization to a shop. I'm it's, thinking about I'm the, business I'm so the, the business plan. So
1: the business aspect. All of a sudden, you don't need the, the $12 an hour kid. I don't even think they they make $12 the an hour. Guy. Fifteen bucks. That well, no, the the MPI guy. Yeah. You don't need the kid, so they 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 scan the car, and it identifies it needs tires, it identifies leaks, and it says mm-hmm. at that point there you can then go immediately to the B Hey, we need yeah. teardown. Hey, we need to do a whatever hundred dollar diagnostic process or whatever. We need to do an in depth inspection because you've got leaks. You've got it. I'm sure it can identify at least visible uh, bushing issues. On the suspension, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how far does it take it with uh, checking things like alignment? I know it can do an interior scan. Explain that process too. That sounds interesting.
2: So the thumb rule is: as long as it's a, as long as a person would have been able to see it, we, we will be able to see it. That's kind of a thumb rule, okay? If something's inside, internal, covered, unless it leaks out or whatever, we won't be able to detect it. I'll start with alignments, and then I'll speak about interior. So alignments, we don't, you know, classic kind of equipment, which I'm sure you guys know, the check for alignments or tread, usually use lasers. We do something very different because we are based on computer vision, okay, which is taking those high-res photos and then analyzing them. So specifically with alignments, the way we do it is we measure uh, hundreds of kind of points on each of the tread valleys, okay, and then we, we have a patented ability to look at the depth of the shadow there, to see if it's worn out or not and assume how much it's worn out. And then if we see uneven wear patterns between the valleys themselves on a tire or between the two sides, we know that most probably there's an alignment issue. So that's the way we we do that. So according, kind of seeing the variation between the patterns and if there is a difference. and, And that does most.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Lucas. I'm sorry to jump in, but I thought it was important to come and say this. You know, I'm often asked, why do we always talk about Kim and Brian Walker and shop marketing pros on the show? It's because we genuinely believe in their product. Why do I use them for my own marketing? In fact, they're building me a new website right now. It's not cookie cutter. I kept getting on Facebook and every shop looked the exact same. I didn't want to be that. And it's not just that. It's that they're part of your team. When you hire them to do your marketing, they get to know you. They know what you believe. They know what you say and they know why you do what you do. And they share that with your clients. That's huge. And beyond all of that, probably the most important factor in all of this is they stand behind their work. So don't wait. Go today and get your free marketing analysis from Shop Marketing Pros. They're genuinely our friends and they're genuinely here to help shop owners have a better life. Click on the link in the show notes for your free marketing analysis today. That's right. It's free. doesn't cost you a dime.
2: Stuff to, uh, I would say that's a very reliable way to understand there's an alignment issue. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the second uh, thing uh, is you mentioned is interior. So actually, earlier this year, CarMax announced with us that they are rolling out our devices throughout all of their wholesale network. That's a million vehicles a year to scan. So we're in a few dozens of their sites. And one of the things wow. they wanted to do... Yeah. Is to really compress that appraisal and recond- reconditioning time, because they're like a factory. They buy and, trade- and sell trades, you know, one after another. It's a fantastic kind of uh, just to see it sometimes. When, you know, they're busy sites, yeah. and we have managed to reduce the, the, that time from you know. Uh, between at least seven, eight minutes uh, uh, reducing per vehicle. And and part of that, if you want to look at a complete condition report, so you have a car drive-through, the associate opens the door. Instead of going around with the phone, taking pictures, opening the hood, doing those kind of things, it just drives through. They open the door. We've got a new product that you just put a little camera between the driver and the passenger. You close the door. If you can even record the engine... And that's around a minute to populate a full 360 of the interior of that vehicle plus OBD codes, fault codes by YouTube, by Bluetooth, plus sound recording of the engine, plus any more snaps you want to take. So that interior crazy, proje- uh, product, which, by the way, if, we, if you guys want to philosophize and speak a little bit, a level up, you know, how do we apply AI to this world and robots and, you know, machines uh, supposedly taking over... This is a way of how we look at each and every application and say, how can we do something good with it and teach a machine to be consistent and help us, right? So in this case, uh, CarMax wanted, or, or other clients as well, we've got quite a bunch in the auction world today, and wanted to really have that full reconditioning or condition report, including inside. So we so, say, okay, what, what's the quickest tool to to get it, you know, get a, a 360 inside. One of the things we, we will add down the line as it keeps getting smarter, is even ter- tears inside the seats and stains and things like that as well. Wow. So every image we grasp, every sensor we would add, uh, we will be able to analyze it. Speaking about si- sound that I mentioned, uh, we wanna be able to also analyze frequencies, of other kind of issues, uh, you know, the timing belt or the water pump or even brakes. If we can analyze different trends in the frequencies of the sound, we we won't replace anyone needing to listen to that or go have a proper look. But we will give you enough information to make the whole uh, uh, process, or at least the check-in process, much quicker for both sides.
0: So, you know, you talk a little bit about that and, and talking about machine learning, right? And and that's always fascinated me because one of the things that when I started my shop that I was doing, right? And David, you probably remember this. I had an old modus, uh, like the original modus with the two-channel scope, the whole nine yards, or it was four-channel. And so what was interesting about what I would do is I would capture waveforms for everything, Right. And it was when I was small enough of a shop and I wasn't making any money anyway. So it didn't matter. And so like I was just going around like probing every single car, capturing data from it. And then I saved all that data. And to this day, I have this giant database that I go back and I'll look at the information. And and, um, one of the things that we've seen in our shop now is that we're starting to pick up some NVH sensors and some pulp sensors and some other sensors that capture different aspects of the data from the automobile. And one of the ones that's been most interesting to me is seeing Eric take one of the magnetic uh, NVH sensors and put it on something like a water pump on this car. And then put it on a water pump of another car that's similar, right? has the same water pump, same engine, whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden we have this database, that mm-hmm. now the next time that car comes in and we wonder, is that noise, the water pump? Is it the tensioner? What is that? Guess what? We're starting to build a database that we can come back and drop that sensor right on that and say, wow, that's a lot louder than the last one I listened to. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a lot of work, right, to, to capture that much data. When we talk about machine learning, especially when it comes to NVH or noise vibration and harshness, <clears throat> is that something that it has the ability to learn into? And start to push that edge and say, you know, is it, um, what's the NVH app, David, that's on Google Play Store? You know what I'm talking about? The guy from um, uh, Weber State University built it. And, like, it's an NVH app that you drop in your car. It's on your cell phone. You drop your cell phone in the center console. And you put in the information about the vehicle, the tire size, all of that stuff. It uses GPS and uses other data as you're driving it. To capture the vibrations in the car, and it says that's a first order, second order, order, third order, or fourth order vibration. And there's only these things in the car that will vibrate like that.
1: That's all it can be.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's a badass app, dude. You got to check it out. It is so
1: cool because it'll like come down and say that's set
0: up. The ATS setup is way better than that. Way better. And so it'll pop up and it'll tell you, hey, that's got to be a tire. There's nothing else that can be. That is a tire. That is all that can vibrate like that. And so it'll give you the probabilities of what percentage and all of that. And I just think, is AI or or machine learning capable of pulling that kind of data in? I mean, obviously, I know that's outside of the scope of what you're talking about here. Mm -hmm. But how much machine learning can it do? Or is this all manual input? How how do you...
2: So... First of all, you're giving great examples, and I mean, when you speak about machine learning, deep learning, whether it's in sound frequency or in computer vision, which is the art of analyzing imagery, um, I think that the the capabilities are pretty limitless, but there's different approaches to it. So the more classic approach, which is more machine learning, is catalog-based, right? And that's something that, by the way, in our early days was something we were trying to solve uh and kind of stands us out until today so let's say you want uh you have your examples of the different uh, different sounds and what could they be right so you need endless catalogs to fetch that info from um and and just as an anecdote when we started and we were looking for bombs or threats below vehicles you could imagine we didn't have a catalog of all the improvised ieds in the world and we didn't have a catalog of all the models and underbodies of vehicles in the world and and match that anomaly of catalog versus catalog. And that's classic machine learning of saying, here's how it's supposed to look like, let's fetch it. Uh, right. What we're talking about in terms of smart AI or smarter AI is more around the world of deep learning. Deep learning is kind of a black box. Okay, okay. so uh, let's say our approach uh, in the challenge of looking at the underbody of, ve- of a vehicle is not to understand how every single underbody looks like. It's giving that black box and that algorithm enough data to try and reconstruct the underbody, not according to a catalog, meaning, in our case, we did something called semantic segmentation. So we look at an underbody, we assume which each, where each component is, the exhaust, the chassis, the muffler, and we almost have a heat map of the areas of the different components. uh if we put evs aside which is a different story but let's say in a typical kind of ice vehicle they're pretty much the same by the way if it's sometimes when it's a bus it's a truck it's whatever it is you'll be able to kind of find those components and what we did is this was 2016 so a while back we kind of took most of the rental cars in israel you know paid to get them drove them over this device and showed our algorithm enough exhaust pipes and enough mufflers and enough chassis to kind of try and reconstruct that. To try, We don't know how. The shape, the color, the texture. Uh, right. And, and once it had enough data to do a, an average reconstruction, which showed an ideal muffler or close to an ideal muffler, we were be able to start comparing. And again, we don't know how it would do it because it's just feeding it enough data to try and recreate it Uh, according to all these different, you know, mathematical kind of, uh, I would say, parameters and and color variations and whatever. But once it was good enough to do a reconstruction, which was close enough to the real thing, uh, we would be able to start showing it the real-time image of the car driving over. And if there was a big enough difference, we'd say, okay, something's sticking out there. And once we saw... 50 things which are the same uh, sticking out equals plastic bag. So obviously people are involved in this learning process of tagging, of understanding, of false positives, false negatives. But that's in a nutshell kind of how you build the deep learning engine. It gets much more complex than that and changes per issue, per area of a vehicle in our our world and what we're talking about. If it's different applications, there's probably much smarter and and things that i can't even talk uh, i won't be able to talk about because i don't know them that well but you know that that's creating these black boxes and feeding them and then tweaking them aligning them that's how you create a, a deep learning or machine learning again if it's more catalog based but kind of engine that
0: that is that is insane and and i think we've the reason I say it's insane is because we've just now kind of started to get our minds around machine learning, right? We've just now started to understand what that looks like, especially as, as the auto repair industry and see Mm -hmm. how that's affecting us and, and impacting the industry as a whole. And then Mm -hmm. to add that aspect of it is just absolutely insane to me. Right. Like, because I, I, I even think even at a deeper level, um, and not just at the analysis level, but into a full diagnostic level, right? And, and so, David, you've always talked about the in the cylinder captures and that you're training this guy, and so he needs to look at this, and he looks for this anomaly, and he says, oh, there's a little hump here, and that means this. Right. And we always depend on Brandon Steckler. I just send it to me like, hey, dude, does this look right to you? (laughs) Thanks. You know, I put your sticker on the back of my laptop. You're a smart guy. But but you know what happens when the Brandon Steckler is gone? What happens when the Brandon Steckler can't answer the question? Well, I mean, is that a case for something like this, David? Do you think that that it could eventually grow to that level, that kind of deep learning that it does to
1: look for the anomaly? Is that possible? I don't know why somebody hasn't done it already. Like, how so many you just known trying to fire all do you your have? technicians? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying, like, you you take all your known goods, take all your known goods, yeah. and then and then feed it into some algorithm. Someone's going to have to write the algorithm, but you want to feed into the algorithm to identify, hey, these are known goods. As we feed you more information, identify the and contrast that versus the known good. That's all the human's doing, right? Mm hmm. And so they should be able to. Somebody should have written this. I don't know. Some of the wealthier shop owners get on this. I just want that a small is, cut. There you go. I just want a. I just want a little <laughs> slice, teeny tiny slice. That's all. I just want a well, teeny uh, tiny slice for coming up with the idea. <laughs> just feed it into the algorithm. Run the software. You you capture. You, somebody still has to do the capturing. And, and what yeah. what this UVI uh, thing does, that that's awesome. It'll identify a weird noise hey this engine sounds like a hyundai engine and it's louder than it should be uh don't take this car and so yeah now they come back and hey the machine said your engine's about to blow up what are you talking about anyway we can't take your car (laughs) goodbye and then they don't trade the car in they move on somebody else gets stuck with it but not CarMax. they're not putting in engines
0: well, and, and so I, I think about that, right, is like the the level of noise coming from the engine and we, hey, we have this many examples of good engines that, that don't make a noise or whatever it may be, right? And so it copies that and says, hey, I can look at this and can tell that this is different. This is an anomaly in that case. And so therefore, I make this recommendation. The, the data that's available from the car now, right, and and from the DLC, and I know that we're going to see changes with EV and everything else, but the data that's available, when was the code last cleared? Right, like a Ford sets a, a code just for
1: uh, code clears, and the they, they've always remarked. been able to have that. But think about, well, like, I understand, think about the they... Hemis, think about the Hemis yeah. with the good old Hemi tick. Yep, they can identify that. Hey, this is a Hemi. Look, I, I don't know how many used car dealers are grabbing beautiful, clean, yeah, been driven only seventy thousand mile. Uh, Hemi-equipped Chrysler 300s and Rams, they all are about to blow up. All of them. And so that machine can pick up that Hemi-tick and say, hey, this thing has got the Hemi-tick. And maybe you don't sell the warranty with that one. Or you know that, hey, this is going to blow up. Maybe we don't take this car on. I don't know. It just mitigates the, the risk of selling a turd. Maybe you'll see fewer Chrysler 300s on the use lots. I don't know.
2: Let me actually jump in and give you two more examples if you're speaking more about the sales side right. <clears throat> that are super interesting. One, and that's another form of AI, once you have big data, which you guys mentioned in a few examples, but you have a lot of numbers, okay? You understand mm-hmm. things that are recurring, trends that are recurring. We can uh, we see variations of a set of tires on a certain model and make obviously of a variation of 2% to 15% of wearing out. So if you only knew which set of tires is most least to wear out, right? On the service side, but you know, obviously also when you get the car, that's one thing. And another thing that's really interesting, that's more in the trade appraisal side. So when dealers install this, and that, I don't know what you guys do, but and if you take trades, but I found it also insane that no one puts the car in a lift, and then you give it a Kelly uh, Blue Book kind of figure and say, okay, this car is this year, this model, this mileage, this is what it's worth. And three days later, you get it at the shop and you're like, you know, obviously if a cat converter you're, is missing, you're going to hear it. But other than that, you, you might find weird and wonderful things. And I'm sure you guys have seen examples in the past and the moment you have a uvi almost like a virtual lift system you drive over every single trade you're able to find those issues below customer appreciates transparency if there's something really wrong uh but then we had more parameters and i'm I'm jumping to a few things but we even developed kind of a heat map around rust so we can show you rust patterns and how is that compared to what it should be at this year and is it in the northeast and there's snow on the road or climate or do we need to devalue that trade more because that's going to do something if there's really bad rust pa- patterns in this area um so i think it's just you know it's, it's just more and more and more information and and that, that's digestible good information bad, though.
1: that's a good and mm-hmm. bad you you think about you have two dealerships in pennsylvania let's say mm-hmm. one has your uvi system mm-hmm. one does not that car mm-hmm. comes in they scan it and they don't take the trade or they uh-huh. say, hey, I can only offer you five thousand, not seventy five hundred, because that car has an immense amount of rust underneath. And sure. I can't fix that. Like it's gonna take okay. too much to recondition. They yeah. take that same car, they run down to the dealership down the street that doesn't have the UVI system. They don't see sure. it. They see it's a nice <laughs> clean car. They don't give it to craps. And so yeah, we'll give you seventy five hundred dollars. Now that's gonna end up burning the dealership on the back end. But from a consumer standpoint, they're gonna look at that dealership a little a little cockeyed, They're going to be like, hey, what's up with this dealership here? Not offering me the full 5, 7500 I was expecting. The dealership yeah. might be like, I don't care. Like, I just saved myself a huge headache scanning this yeah. car.
2: But you're kind of uh, giving a very specific examples on the capabilities today and human nature, which sometimes is to be a crook, right? We assume that yeah. people, on one hand, sometimes have a tent- tendency to crook each other out. But on the other hand, uh, they appreciate transparency long term. Yeah. Uh, in, in every yeah, data point, you know what we're seeing with UVI is that look at service, right? We have dealerships with uh, I don't know eight, nine hundred ROs a month, okay, mm-hmm. that are making north of twelve thousand dollars a week just from selling services that they found on UVI. Maybe the guy came for the car wash; he didn't even know he needs a full set of tires because they're nine year, nine year old. But it's yeah. not only that they're paying more. The close rate is ninety one percent. So ninety-one percent of clients before the write up, when you show them a visual issue, even if it's not been fully diagnosed yet by the technician, they're likely to say yes. So people are spending more money and they're yeah. happier to your spend advisor more money. A leg up, right? It's giving so your that's,
0: advisor a leg up.
2: Exactly. So but it's it it, but that's on the service side. If you speak on sales, long term that Pennsylvania dealership is gonna say, Hey, next oh, yeah. door they have that. I want that as well. Or I ne- not, not even UVI. I need to to make a better decision. And the customer is going to yeah. say, well, three of the dealerships around, which gave me a quote, found there is rust below my vehicle. Yeah, I can go and trick the fourth one. But how many times am I, am I going to get away with that? So something in, you know, once you once you standardize things, like Lucas said earlier, also human human behavior aligns with it. And, and in the yeah. end, I, yeah, I, let's be they will be a shift,
1: for sure. Let's believe in the greater
2: good of people as well, right? A little bit. Um, For sure. We're too jaded Uh, for that Listen, David just (laughs) compared the world to
0: himself, and so we're all screwed by David's side. You know, and it's – I do want to bring this up because I think it's interesting. You know, I've I've been talking uh, the past couple weeks. I've made some reels and stuff and talking about, like, how blessed we are to live in the country we live in right david Uh you sent me a message the other day talking about it that like hey just the fact that i live here gives me great opportunity that i wouldn't have elsewhere right and Uh and the story you were telling david was terrible and it was sad and i hate you for even sending it to me but um i guess my point is (laughs) is like the fact that there are other countries in this world that we obviously all know about but we're disconnected from the fact that we would need a machine to tell you if there was a bomb under a vehicle Mm -hmm. Right. That is just how how many of them did you actually find? What what type of of
2: I mean, I can't I I can't disclose uh, these uh, contracts are very sensitive. What I can tell you is that, you know, we found pretty much really weird things, you know, like smuggling of all sorts, uh, weapons. uh, You know, uh, if you look at the mechanical side, you also find really you know, screwed up things that people do below vehicles with, with chicken wires and yeah. very weird improvised <laughs> things. So it doesn't have to be security for that. Uh, right. Yeah. I, but I uh, yeah, America's is not a bad place to live in, in North Carolina
0: at this point. Right. Because if you're finding chicken wire under vehicles, that was a North <laughs> no. Carolina car. I, guarantee <laughs> I can, I can check for from. you.
2: I I'm going to, I'll, I'll check. <laughs> yeah. We, we actually have quite a bunch of installs there. So maybe so. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. And so mm-hmm. let me ask you this. The the data that's captured, one of the things that often comes up is what's done with that data. And, and you know, in this case, it doesn't seem like there's any identifying data associated with it. Does it capture VIN and everything? Um, how much of that data is captured?
2: So we capture a license plate. That's the only okay. kind of uh, personal information, I would say, uh, data that we capture. Um, okay. And that is connected to the VIN number. We have okay. a VIN decoder that finds that from the DMV and then we can pull up uh, recalls, trim information, all of those kind of things around about the vehicle as well. And that helps us also down the line cross-reference uh, vehicle history. So if you're a, a repair shop or dealership owner, whether it talks with your DMS or not, but which we do have some integrations, but uh, you're able to kind of say, okay, give me the last two years and show me that vehicle. That's one aspect of the data, depending depending on the cloud storage that the you know the client or the dealership or the shop wants. Uh, what we do with the data is more interesting because we keep improving our algorithm and we keep getting okay. feedback from technicians and advisors of a thumbs up or thumbs down or something that we found or didn't find, and the the more we process images and just to give you the. Uh, Scale of it, we are scanning now north of three hundred thousand vehicles every month today. Holy cow! So, is uh, a lot of vehicles, and and we get smarter all the time. Or you know, uh, we keep adding detections. We keep adding new things that clients ask or shops ask for that will make their time easier. One of the things that we kept, uh, we added a few months ago was rim damage and variation of rim damage. I'll and that is down. for two things. One is policy, obviously saying you damage the rim. And two is, and uh, I, I don't know what's your take on all this uh, world of EVs or future of EVs, but you know when we look at services declining or less things to do below, you would want to find more extra services that a shop or a dealership could do right which right. which obviously e v less components, so one of the things we're seeing are sh- is shops getting in house wheel restoration, so if you take every single customer's for coming through the door and saying, "Hey you got a pretty nasty damage on your rim, look here it's picked it up. do you want to restore your your rim for or your wheel for two hundred and fifty bucks and new one would be nine hundred or eight hundred uh there's a pretty pretty decent uptake on that, and that's a new source of revenue a new source of interaction with the customer so we keep adding those detections that give you the added value
0: you know i i I look back at everything that you could do with this right and all the directions it could go you know remember when when thermal cameras first came out we were analyzing cats with thermal cameras we've heard Mm -hmm. talk of different ways to analyze some of the new battery technology using thermal cameras i mean think about uh who was it was it uh the gentleman from hella David, that was talking about that they had had to build in the UK a system to analyze EV batteries, because they had to determine the health and the life of the EV battery before the yeah, vehicle remaining was sold. life
1: left. Yeah, right.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, man, that's that's unbelievable to me. That's so crazy. And so then you begin to think like you could incorporate something like that into this. You could incorporate thermal checks of a battery and thermal checks mm-hmm. of things under the vehicle in the long term. There is so much to add to that. Now, do yeah. you guys go to any like trade shows like ASTE or Apex Vision, uh, any of those? Do you go to those shows?
2: So, uh, our main focus has been, uh, in the past, like the more innovation tech ones like CES. Um, and uh, we've been a few years in the NADA, the National Dealer Association one, which is a really big one for us. Right. Um, we're looking into SEMA and those kinds as well. But uh, the rest are mainly uh, kind of more internal brand events. So we have, uh, uh, I didn't mention it before. So we have four OEMs that invested in us, which are General Motors, Volvo, Hyundai, Toyota, and then CarMax are all strategic investors. Yeah, Uh, we've got a really big relationship with Amazon. Just announced uh, a few weeks ago that they are going to install this in pretty much most or all of their Amazon Prime delivery station network. Uh, So that's a really big deal um so we try and do a lot of internal events just uh, yeah. a couple of months ago we went to vegas and we were in the uh annual kind of uh general motors uh chevy event the buke gmc one the volvo service event so we kind of uh mainly try and uh, work a lot around those networks trade shows yeah. here and there it depends on the opportunity and yeah
0: for sure. I, I'm telling you, I would love to see something like this at Apex. I just think because it's such a big show, there's room for it and you could see it, you could experience it. But, you know, the place I'm surprised I've not seen it is Tooltech. You know what? I mean, right, David, would that not be the coolest place to see this technology in, in
1: use at a show like that? Is it, well, I mean, that, coming, the company showing up to Tool tech would would probably make sense um, for <laughs> sure. to See what they.
2: But but leave shows. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, right now we are at. You know, if you go to our website, you'll see there's a find us map. Uh yeah. You know, we we have north of 300 systems in car dealerships today, uh, so across all way. the states. I mean, less in the West Coast, but uh, a big presence in the Midwest, Northeast, Florida, Texas uh Carolinas. so uh, i would advise i mean if you got if anyone or yourselves obviously as well if you want to see a system real life i mean i don't need to sell it to you you guys can just hop, pop into a dealership and drive your car through and see what what it does
0: that's really cool so what when we talk about installing something like this what are some of the uh requirements for the facility right because that that was one of the things that stopped me I, when i built my new shop Right, I wanted a shop. I didn't want to have like a pull through shop. I wanted to have doors that were open for everybody. Everybody had their mm-hmm. own door, and mm-hmm. there's advantages and disadvantages to that. Um, we we live in an area that has hundred mile an hour winds, so it, it this time of year we open the doors and all the heat that I just paid to put in the shop comes right out the shop and goes out the other side. But you know, one of the things that we looked at was putting that Hunter system in, and I said, man, there's just not anywhere to put that in my shop. Mm-hmm. Are, are there different ways to configure it? what are the space requirements you know when, when you talk about that
2: so let's start uh, uh kind of the i would say the bottom line is that we installed in so many places that we usually find uh, i would say find a solution for any kind of issue um mm-hmm. so uh, you know it 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 just needs to be covered we don't want rain or elements yeah. to disturb you know, if you have raindrops or, or, you know, something falling in between the scanner and the tire, for example, it could mess up the image. So it, it needs to be covered, uh, which most service lanes are. Uh, ideally, in terms of wind and those kind of things, um, there needs to be <clears throat> some kind of walls on the side, but that depends on the angle and the actual site. We usually just get a cat drawing and, and do a site survey and look at it. So usually it's fine. Um, so the width if you think about it it's 113 inches inches high 146 um inches width and then the length is 70. so uh and if you go to our website you, you'll be able to see it and place it basically in your service lane. but it's uh uh usually you know it most cases it's straightforward when it's not we look at it we have a version where we can uh the underbody scanner we have a version that is called, uh, the name is Helios, it's it's named after Greek mythology, but uh, the the underbody scanner, we got a, a, a pro version, which is dug into the ground. So, okay. you know, if, if you don't have a basement below, let's say like Manhattan dealerships or others, we just, we could dig into the ground. If not, we've got a version that is just, you know, a bit raised above a few inches, so we don't even need to dig. Um and we're we're pretty we're pretty flexible. I mean, we come after hours at night, around a day and a half to two days, uh, and and that's it. And we, you know, if there's two service lanes, we can do two next to each other. If there's one, there's one. If there's three, we've even done three. Um, and uh, yeah, we are in, we are out, and and we we usually most cases we can solve in terms of the logistics. I would say,
0: right, absolutely. And so, you know, we primarily talk to independent repair shop owners. Is this something that they can model into their businesses, right? Is this something that would fit into that? Or is this really scaled for a bigger operation than, than the small shops? Do you have a kind of a limit and you say, hey, look, unless you're this many bays, unless you do this much service, what's your what's your target there?
2: I mean, yes and no. Uh, if somebody utilizes this correctly, um, we can run some numbers. Um, you know, the, the, the chance if you put it right in the right place in the process – the chance for it not to pay itself is, is, is very slim. Uh, we do see a cutoff point of, I would say, the three, 400 repair orders a month. I mean, if you're a shop that does 100 and then a bit of oil job, I mean, if it's that small, um, it probably won't make sense, but anything that is north of definitely the 400 repair or 500 repair orders a month, and if you look at trades, I mean, if you take trades in, uh, even if it's, uh, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 a month, if I find you in two or three out of those issues that you wouldn't have put it on a lift, plus things like policy that we talked about, which is rim damage, door damage, those kind of things, and we didn't even speak about body work yet, I mean, it's quite a lot of, of... different pockets to, to pay this yeah, off and especially sure. when it's a, a monthly subscription I mean you guys know your kind of different monthly costs you know so it's six or seven grand but then here's all the way 15% of people coming through you'll probably sell more tires to them just because of expired plus an alignment which is right. usually good profit uh, issues below uh, would, would you benefit from uh, uh, presenting that much earlier and more likely to Sell because of yeah. it, I would say yes, and the stats show that yes. Um, wheel restoration, do you do something like that? Paint as dent, do you do something like that? Body work, I mean, we just announced a, a collision shop, we're streamlining the estimates, you know, we're, we're reducing, shaving off a lot of minutes and wait time and annoyance for customers and relationship with insurance providers on the collision side as well. So you, if you do body work, that's something that definitely adds efficiency. We even have dealers, that even if there are or more I would say shops that are may might be lower volume, maybe you can sell scans to other shops around you or other fleets right. around you, right? <clears throat> so yeah, for sure. So a lot of creative ways to pay it off. You just got to be intre- entrepreneurial enough, see the, the benefits, you know, see see this vision and the, usually the cost is is not the main I would say um push back especially if you get it if you if you if you uh, you know i think yeah, that, that um there's stores and dealerships that are maybe weaker in processes and educating people on doing something right. something in a different way and you know that's where you get the most of the challenges of uh making sure everybody's using it everybody's happy everyone's not not lazy doing so right that yeah, that's right. You know, people trusting a machine to do something. Sometimes we hear people, you know, I've done this for 40 years. I don't need a machine. So, that's where we find uh, where we need to enforce the trust and and work really well, so everybody uses it for sure. And if they do, it Is it's, it modular? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is it modular? Can you add like Artemis, but you start yeah. with the Helios, and then you add Apollo yeah. later? Okay.
2: Yeah. That's cool. You can use. We. It depends on the side. We have uh, uh, dealers that. For some reason, their service drive isn't big enough, so they don't put Atlas Light, which is the ARC. They just have underbody and tires, for example. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it's modular. You can you, you can do any kind of combination. We have dealers that have several lanes. For one lane, they take all three. That's where they run their trade uh, trades. This can be used for merchandising as well and appraisal. We're just also launching this week a new appraisal tool, it's a new thing where, you know, you can put the reconditioning costs and, and send out a report directly to the customer saying that your car is worth X and this is Y, which is very straightforward. I, I don't understand why there isn't a tool that does it this way with yeah. detections, but um, so, yeah, a, lo- a lot of benefits, I would say, from uh, multiple angles, for sure.
0: And, and, you know, look, I hear you saying, well, if you're not running over, you know, two or three hundred cars and and one of the the unique things about a lot of the shops in our circles, is we run lower car counts. Right. We typically, you know, in 10 bays, I only run one hundred and fifty cars a month, but they're, you know, thousand dollar tickets. And so in that instance, I, I, I'm looking at the ways that I can cut time out. Right. And I, I can cut that. I can make sure that we have a solid, consistent process time after time after time and mm-hmm. and one of the big things is is my process takes an hour and a half and it doesn't matter what it is so that car is going to be in here for an hour and a half so that i'm thinking how that speeds me up it makes the customer happy it gives us a more consistent approach and and better data consistently time after time after time that's mm-hmm. that's a really interesting approach for sure
2: think of two things one is if you could hire a person for 6 grand okay Yeah. Uh, which is a decent salary, but you know, uh, uh, it's not a twenty grand person. Okay, so if you could uh, hire a person for six grand to shave off half of the time, would you do it? That's one. Number two, and that's actually something I'm thinking about as we speak. Think about the marketing uh, aspect of it. If you're a small shop. And you're the only one in your region, your town, your strip area, in, in kind of the, you know, the, that kind of region of other uh, shops and dealerships, because they stick around each other. You can start offering free scans. Winter is coming. Come and look at your tires, you know, come get a free scan. And obviously, whatever you find is your business. So it's right. a really good opportunity to grow your business as well.
0: <laughs> I agree. 100%. How can they find out more? Our listeners, if they want to learn more about this and they think, hey, this is going to be a good fit for me, how can they find out more and who do they contact?
1: This is a no-brainer so, for for the bigger, like, tire shops. Yeah. If you've got yeah. enough base, if you have a 10 base shop and you haven't scaled the 200-plus cars, like, I, I don't know. This makes more sense than the drive-through alignment check thing. You know what Gosh. I'm talking about? That drive-through, mm-hmm. like, yep. alignment deal. Like, for sure. because... This can scan way more stuff. You're gonna be able to find a ton more junk, and a hundred percent, like you're right on the marketing thing. You present Mm -hmm. this scan, underbody scan, and all of the pictures. You're seeing all of this technology. Like you just leveled up to a complete. That's what I'm thinking, right? Like
0: that. That's how I'm thinking. I could utilize something like that.
1: This Mm -hmm. isn't even like DVI. This is like DVI on steroids. You know what I'm saying? But then you triage it. You're, I'm just thinking out loud. Uh, you're on. You can ignore us. You, now, you're, you, now you triage it at this point because now you're like, hey, this needs to go to a, a more skilled technician to dig a little deeper. But here's the why. Here's all this evidence. Here's why we're telling you this. Look at the, all these yeah. cool pictures and all this analysis that these this AI has done. It needs to go to this other technician. They need to tear into it and then the the customer's going to be like, "Well, yeah, that makes sense. Do you have a full car scanner?" Other shop? No. Well, this other shop does and they told me it needs X Y and Z. So I, I don't know. That
2: that's cool. And they even they get just it just on their really phone, cool. right? They leave with, yeah. you know, they leave with a scan. So it doesn't have to be for free. You can just charge 20, 30 bucks for a scan and then if you want to refer them to someone else, great. You want to refer them to a body shop, great. Uh, you know, but the thing you're is, we're doing them
1: for free already. We're we're mm-hmm. like we roll it yep. into the cost of the thing. We're just eating the 20, 30, 40 minutes that it's taking for them to tear into the car yep. and do things like air filter checks and fluid checks and stuff like that. Well, what if I can cut that down in half, and instead of instead of it being thirty minutes, it's ten? Why? Because mm-hmm. the the tire check, the undercar stuff, yeah. the leak checks, all been done. It, like I don't have to do anything else. And hey, what are you doing? Into hey, just poke. Once you have the car on the lift, you're doing the oil change. You put the car on the lift, check the brake depth, yeah. and check to see if it needs a wheel off inspection. Spin the tires, see if it needs a wheel bearing, and and, and do the underhood stuff. And then get it yeah. out of here, and I'm done. Yeah. You just I, I yeah, don't have, have to just take cut the pictures. I don't have to. Yeah, you you've you've just cut down on like the walk around time, so the service advisor is no longer doing the walk around time. Your QC Mm -hmm. person doesn't need to do QC; they just need to do a drive through. Hey, let's do a drive through, make sure we don't find anything new, any any additional scratches or anything weird like that. So now you just got rid of your QC person; they're fired. Now you got rid of at least (laughs) one service advisor; they're they're fired. No, we're replacing them all with robots and AI. (laughs) Screw that. People are awful. Employees are the worst. They're so expensive. They're so expensive. So now, now you just fired all those.
2: I, I have to say <laughs> that that not a single person was fired due to UVI to date. And I, I, I no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even joking. That's no a very important were thing for us. Due but, to UVI exactly. Today. But but you know, think you're talking about service and time of inspection, which is very much your pain points. But think uh, we have a dealer in Pennsylvania that they're selling eighty-nine bucks a scan. If you buy a, a trade in another place, so you take a trade for a test drive and say, Come get it through our scanner because we have this and pay, pay us 89 bucks before you buy the, the car or after if it's yeah. some kind of auction that you bought it for. So, so there's a lot of ideas. And just uh, Lucas, your question earlier, so I don't forget. So the way to find more info is just to go online to com so uveye.com, okay. or drop us an email at info at uvi.com but if you go to the website you'll find all the information you'll you'll see a system you'll see the measurements you'll see videos of other kind of shops using it and how they use it for service for sales for bdc for marketing for you know a whole bunch of ways there's incentive programs for gm and volvo dealerships which is really cool so they they you know help subsidize this yeah I, i
0: really 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 want to see you at apex and I really, really want to see you at ETI Tooltech. I, I think okay. that those two places, I think that would that would completely shape your organization. And I think it would help shape our industry in a different way. I think if you were at those two shows, if nothing else, I think it would change the way that the automotive business does business. I really do.
2: Okay. Okay. We'll look into that for sure.
0: Yes, All sir. Right. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Thank you for being here, brother.
1: Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast.